Over the next several weeks, we're going to be dealing with the subject of baggage that we all deal with different baggage in our lives, and we're going to get freedom from baggage throughout this series. Today, I want to talk to you about baggage exchange. If you don't know me that well, before we started People's Church almost nine years ago, it's hard to believe that on Mother's Day we'll be celebrating our nine-year anniversary as a church and going to be celebrating Mother's Day and giving special gifts out to mothers and special time with my wife and I sharing on marriage and parenting baggage, excited to celebrate nine years as a church, what God's done. And before we started the church, I traveled full-time, and I was actually traveled so much, I was top of the status with American Airlines with their rewards program. So I was getting bumped up to first class and things of that nature because I traveled so much with them and lost that status now that I'm pastoring people's church, but I still get out from time to time and travel and speak out at a conference or a church or something like that. And I have to admit to you, when I travel in the airport, I don't like to check my baggage. I do not enjoy checking my baggage into the airline. I like to pack my own baggage with me. I like to take it with me. I like to lug it around the airport, even if it's heavy and it weighs me down and my underarm pits start sweating. I want to lug my own baggage around. I don't want to check it in to the airline. And, and, and can I tell you, I've got some good reasons, some really good reasons on why I don't want to check my baggage into the airlines. And can I tell you reason number one is because now they charge you to check your bags. Now you knew when I booked this ticket, to go to California, you knew I was going to need some baggage. And now you charge me $25 a bag to check my bags. And, and, and on top of that, I'll tell you why else I don't like to check my bags. Because when you get to the airport, now they weigh your suitcases. And when I travel with my whole family, I have four kids. My, my wife and I have a seven-year-old. We have a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So you can imagine when we're traveling, I mean, we have four or five bags in the, in the airport, and we get up there, and it almost never fails. When they, when they weigh our luggage, there's going to be one bag overweight. And, and, and you know, the, the, the luggage weight requirement is 50 pounds, and we'll have a bag maybe weighing 54 pounds, and another one may weigh, you know, 47 pounds. And here I am. I've got to reshuffle the, 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 the luggage because... I'm going to have to pay extra if this bag is not 50 pounds or less. So I'm opening up the suitcases, reshuffling the luggage around, and I don't like to do that in the airport. I don't think it's any of your business what kind of underwear I wear. And now I'm revealing it all to you. You don't even know if I wear scooby dooby doo SpongeBob, square pants. You don't need to know what, what I wear if I wear wide and tighties. That's none of your business. And now I'm revealing it in the airport. I do not like to check my bags. And, and you know what else I don't like is, is, is once you check your bags, and you get to your destination. Now, I'm an impatient person. God is helping me develop the fruit of, of patience, the fruit of the spirit of patience, because I'm an impatient person. When I get off the airplane, I like to get to where I'm going, and that's why I don't like to check my bags, because now you have to go wait at baggage claim, and you could be there 10 minutes, or you could be there 45 minutes waiting for your bags to come back around. I just don't like to check my bags into the airline, and can I, can I tell you, friends, there are a lot of people that go through life and they don't like to check their bags into God. They go through life and they lug around their own bags. They got baggage in their life. They carry their own mess. They carry their own junk 
and they never check it in to their heavenly father. And just like me when it comes to the airline and why I want to carry on my own baggage, a lot of people have a lot of good reasons on why they don't want to check their bags into God. They got a lot of reasons why they're going to go through life carrying their own baggage. And what I want to do today is I want to give you three reasons we carry baggage. Three reasons we go through life carrying baggage versus checking it in to our heavenly father. Number one is this. Many people feel like I can carry my own baggage. I don't need any help. I don't have a baggage problem. I can handle it. I'm going to carry my own baggage. Sometimes when I'm in the airport and I'm at the gate getting ready to board the plane, I'll see somebody ahead of me getting ready to try to board the plane and the airline employee will stop them. And they'll say something like this, you can't carry all those bags on the airplane. There's a two bag requirement and you've got three. You will have to check one of those bags to your destination and pick it up at your destination because you can't carry that bag on the plane. Or I've seen this happen as well. Well, the, the airline employee will tell somebody, listen, your bag is too big. You, you can't check, you can't take this bag with you and take it on the airplane. You will have to check it to your destination. It's too big. And, and the person, the individual will get upset. And they'll say something like, I didn't know that was your requirements. I didn't know I had a baggage issue. I want to take my bags on the plane. That's why I brought them this far. And how many of you know, just because they were ignorant and unaware of the baggage policy, how do you know that doesn't excuse them? (laughs) They still got a baggage issue and the airline makes them check their bags. And today I want to talk to you about a young man in the Bible who had a baggage issue. He wasn't even aware of it. He wasn't aware that he had a problem. But it's very clear in the story that he had a baggage issue. I want us to look at Luke chapter number 15, verse number 11, as we unpack this story of this young man with baggage. The Bible says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country. Notice that, that he went away from the father. He was not with the father. He was alone now and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. Friends, can I tell you that this young man, he didn't realize that he had a baggage problem. He thought he was just having fun. He thought he was just sowing his wild oats. He thought he was just having a good time, partying and living a wild lifestyle. But can I tell you, this young man had a baggage problem. He had a sin problem. And the Bible says that he began to be in need. And friends, can I tell you, when people are living life with baggage and carrying their own baggage and carrying their own junk, that they'll always end up in need. You you can't go through life carrying your baggage, carrying your junk, and not end up like this young man, finding yourself in need. 
And I can so relate to the young man in this story. I remember growing up in Wewoka, Oklahoma, and I was in high school at the time, and I was an athlete. I was a football player, captain on the football team, well-respected, well-liked, and I was living a wild life. I was sleeping around, partying, messing around. And can I tell you, in the world's eyes, in my friend's eyes, I have the cat by the tail. I mean, here's this football player, this, this athlete, has girlfriend messing around. I mean, I mean you, you would think this guy has it going on according to the world's standards. But can I tell you, I can remember laying in bed at night or waking up in the morning after messing around and partying. I could be thinking to myself, there's got to be more to life than this. I can remember being empty. I remember feeling just like this young man. I was in need. I was in need. And I'll never forget on a Thursday night in Rewoka at the football locker room, there was a fellowship of Christian athletes meeting that Thursday night. I wasn't planning on going, but the football team was providing pizza, and so I decided to go. Don't ever neglect free pizza to teenagers, amen. God can perform miracles with pizza, amen. And so I went for the pizza. And I'll never forget Todd Thompson, the former kicker for the OU Sooners, sitting in a chair, sharing about Jesus. And tears began to stream down my face. And I began to realize, like never before, that I had a baggage problem, that I had a sin problem. That, that, that I had a problem that I couldn't handle myself. And I remember crying my eyes out, realizing I'm a sinner. I have messed up. I've got baggage. I'm carrying junk around in my life. And the Bible says it like this in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. For everyone has sin. Everybody shout everyone. I want you to catch that. For everyone has sin. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We all sin, white, black, yellow, red, rich, poor, young, old. We have all sinned. The Bible says we all have a baggage problem. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. God's standard is perfection. God's standard is never make a mistake. And we all fall short of God's standard. Everyone in this place has or is struggling with a baggage issue. And the problem with so many people is, is they want to deal with their baggage problem themselves. They want to deal with the mess and the junk on their own. But friends, I want you to hear me today. We can't fix our baggage problem by ourselves. Matter of fact, let's look at this story of this young man when, when he he had a baggage problem and he was in need because when you carry baggage, you'll always find yourself in need. And I want you to see his response in Luke 15 and verse 15. It says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 
that this young man was trying to fix his baggage problem without the father. And the father in the story represents God. And the Bible says when this young man was in need, he had a baggage issue, he was struggling, he didn't turn to God, he tried to handle it on his own, he tried to go find a business person in the community, he tried to go find an employer, maybe he even turned to some friends, he turned to some pigs. But can I tell you what the Bible says in this story? It says that no one gave him anything. Friends, no one could fix his baggage problem. No one could deal with the dilemma and the mess that this young man had got himself into. And it's very important for you to understand that we can't fix our baggage problem on our own. We can't fix our sin dilemma, our mess, the junk that we're carrying around. We can't fix that problem on our own. And friends, can I tell you, that's what Easter is all about, is God looked down at earth and he saw humanity. He saw us lugging around baggage. He saw us lugging around junk. He saw us carrying around a bunch of mess, and he knew that we couldn't do anything to get out of our dilemma. So God sent his only son named Jesus, and he was born through a virgin named Mary, and he lived a perfect and sinless life because we had a baggage problem that only he could solve. And then he hung, and he died, and he bled on the cross of Calvary and then he died and on the third day he got up early Sunday morning with all power in his hands so that he could deal with our baggage problem because we couldn't deal with it ourselves that's what Easter is about that Jesus wants you to exchange your baggage for his mercy to exchange your junk for his grace to exchange your mess for his forgiveness it's a baggage exchange and that's what Easter is all about. We can't fix our baggage problem on our own. There's a second reason that people carry their baggage through life instead of checking it in to their heavenly father. Number two is this. People believe that I'm too unworthy to come to God. I'm too unworthy to come to God. Let, let's look at the story together. Luke 15, verse 18 and 19, it says, I will set out this young man and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy. I'm not worthy. I've messed up too much, Father. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. And the thing that I ad admire about this young man, though he felt ashamed and though he felt unworthy, he was at least willing to head back towards the father. But the truth of the matter is there are many people in this place today. You feel just like this young man, unworthy, ashamed of what you've done. But many people don't respond like this young man. Many people never head towards the father because they feel so unworthy for what they've done. So many people feel like I'm carrying so much baggage, so much junk. I I I'm just too unworthy to bring all of this mess 
to God. God, I've messed up so much. God, I've messed up big time. God, I've messed up over and over again. God, I'm a messed up person. How can I come to you? I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. I've got all of this, all of this baggage, God. I'm involved in homosexuality. I'm, I'm, I'm having sex outside of marriage. I'm committing adultery. I have all this baggage on my shoulders. I'm a murderer, God. I just got out of prison. I've got so much baggage, God. I'm, I'm on drugs. I, I, I hate people, God. I'm in a party lifestyle. I'm a stealer. I'm a thief. God, I have all this baggage. I'm... I'm a mess, I'm ashamed, I'm unworthy to bring this junk to you. And friends, here's what I want you to know. If you don't hear anything else today, don't miss this. Online, don't, don't miss what I'm getting ready to tell you right now. Jesus came for messed up people. Jesus came for messed up people. Here's how Paul says it in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 15. He says, here is a trustworthy saying. He says, you can take this to the bank. He's saying that, he says, saying that, that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Somehow in our religious minds, we start to think that Jesus came for people who had it all together. That he came for people who had their life together. That he came for people who dressed a certain way or looked a certain way or who acted a certain way. But I want you to know that Jesus came for messed up, broken sinners. Jesus came for people who didn't have it all together. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, my life is messed up. My life is in shambles. My life is a wreck. Pastor, I'm in need today. I've messed up big time. Can I tell you, you're in the right place because a God in heaven who sent his son just for you. He came for sinners. He came for sinners. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Luke chapter 5, verse 32, 32, you can read it on your own. It, it, it was when Jesus was hanging out with sinners. Matter of fact, he was eating with them. And the religious people of the day, they got upset at Jesus. They began to accuse him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people began to say, he's a friend of sinners. He's hanging out and eating with sinners. And to that, Jesus responded, listen, I came for sinners. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick who need a doctor. I come to call sinners to repentance, not the righteous. It's, it's the sick who need a doctor. Can you imagine going to Mercy Hospital this afternoon, taking your loved one, taking your child, taking your spouse, taking a friend? Because they're sick and they're about to die and you get ready to check in the mercy hospital and they tell you no we don't take sick people you got to leave this place can you imagine a hospital like that and Jesus said listen I came for sick people I came for broken people I came for people who don't have it all together Paul goes on to say of whom of whom I am the worst I'm the worst sinner. I'm a killer of Christians. I've persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. I've been against God and his plan. I'm the worst of sinners, verse 16. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive 
eternal life. You see, God used Paul as an example. You see, Paul was the worst of sinners, and Jesus forgave him. And friends, can I tell you that Jesus came for people just like you and me. I want to talk to somebody right now. You feel unworthy. You feel ashamed. You feel guilty. You feel like you can't come to your heavenly father. And I want you to know that God loves you so much. He loves you. He sent his son just for you. That you can come to him with your mess and your junk. And there could be a baggage exchange. Number three is this. There's a, a third reason people say, I, I, I have to carry my own baggage. I can't check it into God. Number three is this. It's too difficult to come to God. People believe it's too difficult to come to God. And, and, and you know, one of the reasons I don't like to check my bags in at the airport when I'm at the, I don't want to give them to the airport and check it in at the, with, 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 the, with the airport folks is because it's complicated. It's too difficult to check my bags in. And I like things to be simple. Matter of fact, I'm so simple. Here's what I like to do. I like to print off my boarding pass the day before. So when I get to the airport, listen, at the airport, there are two lines, and I want to avoid one of them. The first line is the check-in line. I don't want to go to the check-in line. I want to avoid getting my ticket and showing you my ID and you wearing my bags and telling me it weighs too much and repacking my... I just want to avoid all of that, and I would just rather go to line two because line two is complicated enough. That's the security line. How many know you get to the security line, take off your shoes? I'm thinking, who's been walking on this funky mat anyways all days? I don't want to walk on this thing, huh? Take off your belt. Take off your jacket. Come on. I mean, take it all off. I mean, I, I don't want to take all my clothes off. You know, now they got these, these new machines that they, now they say they can see your body when you walk through. I mean, your body. When I'm in Oklahoma City, I want to know who's back there looking at my body. Do they go to people's church? Who's looking at my body? back in there as I walk through security and you know if you if you beep now they want to pat you down you know what I'm saying it's complicated want to patch it and you know what I don't like is when you walk through and you don't beep and then they tell you well there's a random security check on you right who, who decided there was a random check who comes up with the random check that's who I want to know it's complicated. It's, it's, it's complicated. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I got, I, I want to avoid checking in because it, 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 it's, it's, it's more complicated to check my bags. And, and then you know what I don't, I don't like about the whole checking your bag thing in is, 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 is the airline can lose your luggage. I've had it happen several times. You get to your destination. You get off the plane. You're waiting on your luggage. You're waiting there at the at, at, at baggage claim and your luggage doesn't come. And then you got to go wait in another long line to report it to them. My luggage is not here. And then they tell you, well, they'll have, we'll have your luggage to you, Mr. Cooper, tomorrow. I, I need some underwear today. I don't need none tomorrow. Today's when I need some. And, and I got, you got to wait. Matter of fact, this is a true story. Before we started People's Church, I went over to Ukraine to speak there uh, in, in, in that country. And when I got back to America, I was going through customs. And I was waiting in Atlanta airport for my bags to come through so I could clear customs. My bags didn't come through there on, on the plane. And so I, I didn't have any bags. And I had souvenirs in there. Uh, I had gifts from my wife in there, things that I could remember Ukraine by. And you know what? Still today, 11, 12 years later, I still don't have those bags. My bags never made it. 
They lost my bags. Matter of fact, I heard overseas when they lose your bag and you don't claim, they blow up your, somebody blew up my bag. <laughs> it's complicated, man. I don't want to check my bags in. It is too difficult. I want to carry it myself. And friends, religion is a lot like checking your bags in at the airport. It's difficult and complicated. Religion says if you want to come to God, you have to obey all of these rules, all of these regulations. Man, if you want to come to God, you have to pray a certain direction. You have to pray this many times a day. You have to go knock on this many doors so that you can be right with God. You have Your good deeds have to outweigh your bad deeds. You, you, you may... Some say you have to die as a martyr if you want to be right with God. You have to dress right. You have to look right. You have to talk right. You have to act right. You have to obey this list of laws if you want to be right with God. And religion has made it so difficult to come to God. But friends, can I tell you, religion has it all wrong. It's easy to come to God. The Bible says it like this back in our story in Luke chapter 15 and verse number 20. It says, so he got up this young man. And he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He's in the father's presence with shame and guilt. I'm going to talk about this next week. So many followers of Jesus, the thing that's holding them back from being what God wants them to be is the baggage of shame and guilt. And I know from experience, shame and guilt can hinder you from being all that God wants you to be. And next week, I'm going to deal with the issue of shame off me. How do you get shame off your life? Guilt off your life. You're in the Father's presence with shame and guilt. Verse 22 says, but the father, I I like that. I could preach this right there. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And friends, can I tell you, the son was forgiven. And you say, pastor, that seems too easy. That boy didn't do anything. You're right. It's easy. You see, for God to take our baggage, it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. The Bible calls it grace. Everybody shout grace. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved, the unmerited, the unearned favor of God. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. You place faith in what Jesus did on the cross. You turn your life and put your faith in Jesus. And it says, and this is not from yourselves. You can't work it out yourselves. It is the gift. It's a gift of God, not by works. You can't earn it. You can't knock on enough doors. You can't pray in the right direction enough times. You, you, you can't give enough money. You can't go to church enough times. It's not by works so that no one can boast. It's by grace. It's easy. Friends, grace plus anything else is anything but grace. You see, friends, we, are, we, we don't work to get saved. We work because we are saved. Grace, 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 grace. At the airport, I've kind of talked about this whole experience, and you get to the airport, and you want to check your bags in. And when you want to check your bags in, 
I told you they, they charge you $25 per bag. And, and the interesting thing is, is, is if your bags weigh over that 50-pound that mark, you have to pay extra money because you can't have extra baggage. And you know the interesting thing? There's one airline. I won't name the name of the airline, but there's one airline. If your bags weigh over 70 pounds, you can't even take your bags. Your bags weigh too much. It can't go on the ride. You, I don't care how much money you got. Those bags can't go. And can I tell you, when you bring your baggage to God and you're in God and you tell God, God, I want to pay for this baggage. You know what God says to you? You can't pay for your baggage. Keep your $25. Jesus already paid the price. Bring all the baggage you want. And can I tell you something about your heavenly father? You can bring all the baggage. He doesn't try to weigh your baggage. He doesn't say if you got too much of it, you've messed up too much. You've been doing it too long. You got to keep this stuff. You can't be forgiven. No, he says bring it all because my son, he hung and he bled and he died. And there's no sin. There's no junk. There's no mess you'll ever find yourself in that my son can wash away with the blood that he shed on Calvary 2,000 years ago. You can be forgiven of no matter what you've done, the baggage will be washed away and if the airline you know what they do when you turn your baggage into them when you get to your destination they give you all your baggage back and say it's yours but can I tell you when you give your baggage to God a year later he don't give you your baggage back when you give your baggage to God he doesn't throw it back in your face six months later. When you give your baggage to God, Isaiah 43 and verse 25 says that he blots out our transgressions and he remembers our sins no more. He cast them as far as the east is to the west. He won't load you back up with baggage. He won't throw it back in your face. He forgives and he forgets and you're baggage free. It's the baggage exchange. You give him your junk. He gives you his grace. You give him your mess. He gives you his mercy. You give him your baggage. And he gives you his forgiveness. Not because of what you've done. Because of what Jesus has done. And that's what Easter is all about.